Welcome to the Taking a Breath Podcast with Parker Mays. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Taking a Breath. I'm Parker Mays, and this week I'm talking to Sid Basher all about managing stress, anxiety, and keeping your head clear through meditation, which he practices daily. We talk about other things, but I've never done any meditation before, so I'm here to learn all about it from him. Sid and I were mentors together this past year in the Impact Leadership Village. He's been very involved on campus in his engineering program and some other clubs. He's got a full plate always, and so I'm excited that he um, has given me the opportunity today just to hear some advice from him as I have gotten the chance to over the past couple of years. So Sid, welcome to the podcast, and I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Thank you, Parker. Once again, I appreciate you inviting me to the podcast. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Sidak Pacher. I use he, him, his pronouns, and I go by Sid for short. I moved around for most of my childhood. I lived in India until the age of seven before I moved to London. And then I finally moved to Raleigh, North Carolina when I was 11, and I've called it my home for nine years now. I'm passionate to community service, and I'm a part of the Helping Hand Project at North Carolina State University, which is a nonprofit organization focusing on making 3D printed prosthetic devices for children and adults who are missing limbs. I'm also focusing on starting up a new organization for my faith, which is Sikhism. Our mission is mainly just to spread correct information on our faith and promote inclusivity by embracing individuals from all walks of life, as well as engaging community service. When I'm not studying and volunteering, I love to play video games, sing in the shower, and meditate. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, I'm so excited to have you on today and talk more and just learn from you. I think it's always been interesting to me whether I would stop by your room. So for reference, Sid and I lived on the same floor of Bowen Residence Hall at NC State this year, participating in the Impact Leadership Village. And so we have worked together a lot. We've learned a lot from each other. And it has been really cool to have a team building relationship. And so today, I'm excited to kind of dive into that a little bit more and really talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on with Sid, that was going on with me, and just kind of diving into that a little bit more so that you guys can hopefully benefit from some of the things that we've learned over our experiences the past year. One thing that I really admired about Sid is he and I have talked about it is he's more extroverted by nature, but something that he feels is important is if there's a situation where he needs to take a step back and kind of just be more behind the scenes, a little bit more reserved, he really does it and he really is good at it. And so something I wanted to talk a little bit more with you about today, what does that perspective look like? when you are a little bit more reserved, what are some things that you're seeing? What are some things that you're observing that you might not have been if you were kind of that one jumping right into the conversation? 100%. That's a great question, Parker. One thing that I definitely observe is body language of the people that I'm talking to. I'm just observing body language when someone else is talking. So I can get to, I can see and gauge their level of interest, whether they vibe with who's talking. Generally, if I feel there's some sort of disconnect, I can try to just get my way into the conversation and try to connect those people who are a little bit more disconnected. Another thing that I've realized is I can, and this, this ties back into the first point that I just made, I can try to elevate people who generally don't talk as much uh, who, or who have trouble getting into a group conversation. When it's more one-on-one, I try to just take a step back and uh, most people just love to talk about themselves So when you give a person a chance to share their experiences about themselves and then are able to remember them at a later date, it can make such an impact. 
just actively trying to listen to what a person is saying without the intent to reply goes such a long way in that one-on-one. -on -one. And a common rule of thumb is you generally want to talk about 20% in a conversation and actively listen about 80%. So with that second point that you were making about connection with one-on-one, -on -one, I want to talk a little bit more about this because it's interesting now that I'm hearing kind of your strategy behind it, because I remember, you know, us having had conversations and I think that's something, you know, whether it was I needed to come talk to you about something and, and kind of just learn your perspective on the situation is I would, you know, I would see you practicing that 20, 80% where you're doing a lot of the listening. And as someone who likes to talk and likes to talk a lot, I think it really did make me feel valued in that situation where you were willing to listen and then observe, learn, and recall at a later time. I really did feel like if I was talking to you, you were hearing me, you were understanding, and you could recall at a later time if it came up. What types of things are you really highlighting when you're listening through that conversation? You know, so is it personal details about people? Is it events types things? What types of things would you be listening for and really things that you're remembering? I generally try to remember something that it, it couples with the body language aspect. So if a person okay. is very excited or deeply invested into this topic, I try to remember that. I try to link it that it means a lot to them. So you should try to remember it. So that body language aspect does come into uh, play. Another thing is if someone is obviously talking for a long time, and by long time, I mean like over two or three minutes about a topic, that obviously means that it's a red flag that you should try to remember it. I think the body language thing is so interesting, especially uh, you mentioned it earlier, talking about when you're sitting in a group setting. What types of body language things are you looking for for people when they are either disengaged, disconnected, or have some type of tension with someone else in the room? I generally try to look for eye contact or okay. disconnective eye contact. That means that they're generally thinking about something else or they're just not invested into what the person is saying. Generally, in a conversation, you want to have to about two-thirds or 66% of eye contact. So if you don't have that, that's really a good sign that they're not really invested. Another thing is they're not angled towards the person who's speaking. So if someone is tilted more to the side where they're really kind of withdrawn, it gives me a feeling that, you know what, they're either not comfortable or they're just not feeling what, what's going on right now in, in the group scenario. A final thing that I look for, and this is not something that's always perfect, by the way, I want to, I want to make that clear. Sure. Body language is not perfect. People have their own tendencies, but this is just generali generalizing what I've experienced and, and what I've read in the literature. The final body language that I look for is the crossing of the arms. Like if you fold your arms, that generally gives a, a, a sense that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like kind of done with you a little bit. I generally don't like it when other people do that. So I try not to do it myself, but some people just don't know. And that's okay. That's not, it's not the best body language uh, indicator, but it is one. I've heard it a lot of times talked about in terms of defensive positions, you know, kind of that withdrawn type of defense, um, especially in a conversation that might be a little bit more confrontational or any of that type of language and, and body language where someone might be opposing an idea, any of those. And we did see a good amount of that. So we, we kind of got to see a good amount of how people interacted and everything like that. I'm curious for you, do you find it easier to be a passive listener or an active participant in the conversation? Always an active participant whether it be active listening or active reciprocating, which is that feeling that if, if, someone, if someone is telling you something, you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, you give those nods of approval and your body language is very, 
like you give you when there's pauses in between you give like a mm -hmm, yeah or you try to prompt them like how did that make you feel ask those prompting questions definitely try to be an active participant as much as you can I know throughout the year, we talked a lot about your daily routine. We talked about what types of things you're up to. And I remember hearing you talk a lot about med meditation. And I know you and I have talked through some of this stuff because I have always found it hard to be someone who takes time to relax, takes time to just be introspective and evaluate what types of things I can be improving on. I'm curious, what types of things are you doing and how often those types of questions for your meditation? Tell us a little bit about kind of what that is to you and what that means to you. I think before I delve into the meditation topic, I'd sure. like to just give a brief definition just because okay. it seems like such an abstract thing. I'm going to try to break it down and please just uh, interrupt me if something doesn't make sense. I can try to rephrase it in another way. There's a lot of definitions for meditation, but the one I like to use is consciously taking time out of your day to just sit down and observe your thoughts. A good analogy would be like an NFL player watching tape on one of their games. When one meditates, they cycle through a lot of thoughts, whether it be the past, present, worries, feelings, and the sort, just as an NFL player sees what they did and how they can improve in a game. One can just meditate and understand their thoughts and what they learn from them. Just as exercise improves the body, like the physical body, meditation can help improve the mind. So it exercises the mind. Some days I meditate just by eating a lunch by myself in a very like in nature. It's generally very common for me. And I can just observe and I like observe other people observe and just take a step back if that makes sense. You know, I think in our culture that we have today, we try to just rush things sometimes. We're just walking to the next place without really taking a step back and think and breathe. Eating just a lunch by yourself and just thinking in your own thoughts for a little bit is a good way to just introspect and self-reflect. I think it's interesting because I think that you, you mentioned it, that everybody today is so quick to be moving to the next thing. And that's so true. And, and a lot of the guests that I have on and talk about, we are talking about how to level up, how to, how to constantly be, you know, moving to that next level. So I think this conversation is so important to have that people need to understand that even in the constant motion, you still do need to take time to yourself to really ground yourself. And I think that's something that I know I struggle with, which is part of the reason why I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Now, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. And it's something that I struggle with too. I think it's something that everyone struggles with. Yeah. It's that balance of between how much I want to give to this thing that I'm pa uh, passionate about or this thing that I'm doing to how much I want to give to myself. That's right. Right. And it's very hard to find that balance, but it's something that we should, we should try to strive for. Some days, so I sit in a public area and eat lunch quietly. Other days, and in fact, most days, I try to at least do 30 minutes of silent meditation with a focus on my breath. So I try to just sit down and generally it's at night or in the morning, or I can break it up where I do 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the night. It just depends. Quiet room or uh, yes. what kind of setting? Okay. Yes. Quiet room. You generally want a place where you're not going to be disturbed and you can be relaxed and calm. And life is sometimes more stressful. That can generally extend to about one to two hours. And no, once again, it's not all at once. It's broken up at certain points of the day when I feel like I need it. It's a very good feeling to just meditate. So I gave a brief definition. You asked me yep. what meditation I do. And then also, so on a constant day, besides meditating daily, I try to exercise daily. So, you okay. know, try to improve the mind by meditation, try to improve the body by exercising. And then I at least try to get eight hours of sleep if I can. 
And sometimes that's very challenging as a student. It's hard to, it's hard to strive for, but I, I, I try, I try. Yeah, <laughs> I know I was going to say it. I, I know from just knowing you that it doesn't always happen, but it definitely is, you know, it's important to take care of yourself and you, you definitely have to balance school and grades and life with eating healthy, sleeping well, exercising regularly, all of those types of things. I'm curious to know a little bit more so you know, I wake up and I am doing my, my 15 minutes of meditation. I'm in my room, I'm sitting down. What types of things do you think about or what, what would you recommend? So let's say it's my first day of meditation. How do I get started? What types of things are, are, should be going through my mind as I'm starting? What I would recommend is starting off with guided meditations. What I mean by that is there's a few different types of meditations. And in that few different types, there's literally thousands of meditations. So I'll try to just define the, the few different types. As time goes on, people can start discovering what they like and what they don't like. The first type of meditation is called a guided meditation, which is basically verbal instruction from someone else. Okay. So someone else is, is telling you to, hey, take a, take a deep breath and just relax and calm your muscles and all that jazz. So that's what a guided meditation is. A moving meditation is where someone focuses on only one task at a given time. It's similar to when like in sports, when someone is in the zone, like they're just focused, locked in. It's not something like when they're studying. That's a different type of moving meditation. In fact, I would say it's not a meditation when you're studying and when you're totally focused in. That's something different. I'm talking about when you're just not trying to do anything. Like, for example, if you're just focused in and honed in on, on the sounds of the birds when you're outside. That's like sort of a moving meditation. It helps you relax. It helps you just deal with your thoughts. And the final type of meditation is a silent meditation, which is basically you sit in a quiet room and you just try to focus on one specific sound. So kind of like that bird thing, it sort of plays in together with the moving meditation, but it's, I would say it's more of a specific type of moving meditation, a silent meditation. A specific, okay. It's you try to focus on your breath, for example. That's what I try to do. So just to break it down one more time. So there's the guided meditation, there's the moving meditation. And then in the moving meditation, I would say there's a subcategory called a silent meditation. For you, which category do you prefer or do you do a mix of multiple? So I do try to do a mix. It really depends on the day. Some days I'm very stressed and I'm like, hey, I want to do a relieve stress guided meditation. I want someone else to help me. And then some days I'm like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm feeling kind of good right now. This is just more of a, uh, a maintenance meditation. Kind of like, you know, when you work out, sometimes not for the gain. Sometimes you just go to the gym just for a 30 minute <laughs> quick thing. And you're like, I got to go back now. I got to study. So that's kind of like that 30 minute. So okay. I try to do like a silent meditation, get that done. And yeah, I, I try to vary it a little bit. Sometimes it gets boring. So you want to keep varying it and figuring out what you like. But to answer your question about how can I start, I would recommend starting off with guided meditations. Okay. Try to focus on your breath. It's sometimes one of the easiest things to focus on. And uh, I would recommend sitting cross-legged and closing your eyes, clasping your hands, and try to just focus as much as you can on your breath. Uh, I say cross-legged and I say that posture because it's been proven that 80% of your energy uh, out of your, of your body energy goes out through your eyes, 10% through your hands, and then 10% through your legs. So if you try to just uh, do that posture, you're, try, you're conserving 100% of your energy, okay. which is kind of the point. You're trying to save energy and uh, think about just your thoughts a little bit. The goal is not to just remove your thoughts. It's to realize that thoughts will come and go. And it's your job to really process through those thoughts. By the way, I just want to say, you don't have to like straighten your back or anything. Just be comfortable. That's the okay. goal of the posture. And then regarding thoughts, your thoughts will naturally drift in and out. And that's totally normal. You have to take time to process those thoughts before focusing back on your breath. 
So for example, I was meditating the night before this podcast and I was started thinking about how nervous I was because I've never done a podcast before. And then I thought, hey, how can I decrease my nervousness? And then I, I, I thought, you know, well, I need to prepare when I'm preparing for a presentation and a podcast is similar, somewhat similar to a presentation, I write down notes. So I thought writing down notes for this would, in order to prep would make me feel better. So I, I thought about that. And then I came back to my breath in that whole meditation. So then okay. I, when I woke up the next day, I was like, I'm going to write down my notes. I'm going to be prepared because that's what meditation told me to do. I would say start off small, only do maybe two to five minutes. I remember when I was starting off, my mom used to force me to do 10 minute meditations. I used to fall asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep for like a good four or five months before I finally could stay awake in that meditation. And that's totally normal. It's okay. Don't be hard on yourself if you fall asleep. There are some great YouTubers that can help you begin, such as Jason Stevenson, The Honest Guys, and Michael Seeley. Those are all great starting off platforms. Just understand that's a mental exercise. You know, you're turning on your brain, a part of your brain that you maybe have not practiced in a long time or ever. So if you keep doing it, it will get easier and you can start increasing the time you meditate slowly but surely. And once you can stay awake for about 10 to 15 minutes, I recommend exploring more specific types of meditation. I can say like, for example, when I'm feeling kind of bummed what someone else said to me or what someone else did, I, I, try, to, I try to focus on like a gratitude meditation that, hey, it's okay, this is happening for a reason. You know, I need to be happy for myself. Don't mm. let what someone else said ruin the rest of my day. It's okay just to take a step back and, and do that meditation to help yourself think. I can give another example. Just as you're starting a practice, for example, like basketball, if you're trying to go to the NBA, you can progress really well at the start, right? You can do the, the macros. You can improve your dribbling. You can start your shooting form and uh, start setting those screens. But then once you get to the more high-level uh, plays where you've maxed those stuff out, you want to focus on the more micro things, the more specific things, the more, how can I set the screen in an angle? How can I pivot and then pivot my leg and then, and maybe save an extra millisecond. And it's that sort of similar to when you're doing more advanced meditations, you want to folks start honing in on those micro meditations and focusing on those small things. So you can improve yourself as a person slowly, but surely. That's all I would say on, on those points when you're starting off. Yeah, no. So I, and I picked up a couple questions. So I, I want, there's a couple things I want to ask you about. The first was you mentioned talking about things that stress you out. So you, you mentioned the example of that you were thinking about the podcast and during the meditation, you were, th you know, as you're thinking about it, you realize prep for it, like a presentation notes. When something like that, that's stress, that is a future stress, and maybe you didn't even realize before that it was stressing you out, but then as you're sitting there evaluating, you realize, let's say that something like that happens to someone who this is their first time, they're, they're meditating for their first five minutes and realize that something is really stressing them out. What are tips that you would give to overcome that, to really think about it in a way that's going to be productive like how you did? That's a very good question. It's a very hard question to answer. Everyone is so different. Everyone handles stress in a very, very different way. I would say first figure out how you deal with stress. That would be the, the first step. And if you don't know, it's okay. It's okay. We're all trying to learn. So if you find out something is stressing you, maybe go to a friend or someone you trust for the first time. Excuse me, uh, someone you trust, not for the first time. Yeah. Try, try, try to go to someone you know for a while and be like, hey, this, is, this has been bothering me. It came up. And I was thinking about it for a little bit and I was, I was wondering how I could deal with it. And it's okay to ask for help from other individuals you trust. If you're trying to focus on it by yourself, I would say, ask yourself more questions. Be like, why am I stressed? Try to get, try to uh, figure out the reasoning behind 
uh, why it's taking up so much of your thought space. And if you hopefully you get to an answer, and if you if you get to an answer, you can be like, okay, how do I solve this stress? It's you're sort of going through it logically, where it's like this is the problem, quote unquote, in a way. How can I solve this problem? What is the solution? It's sort of like that scientific method procedure that we all learned in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you can't figure out a problem that excuse me, if you can't figure out a solution, then, then I would say that generally it's a pretty serious thing. And I would highly recommend going to an expert for that. Yeah, it seems like a little bit out of my scope to answer. I like that idea of asking yourself questions because that is a great concrete step that if you are sitting just, and, and you're still in this time, you know, before you've even come out of this time and you're, you would be interested in coming to a mentor or a leader in your life, just sitting there and, and maybe I have a test coming up, you know, or something like that. And I'm stressed about this test, really evaluating, asking myself questions. Have I paid attention in class? Yes, I have. Have I done the reading? Yes, I have. Have I been preparing? Yes, I have. And a lot of times I think, and you can correct me, but if there's something like that, that's coming up a lot of times, maybe either you're going to realize that maybe I shouldn't be as stressed as I am about this. You know, for example, you, the podcast, I, the um, example you gave, you realize, you know, I can be prepared and I'm not as stressed as I was. Or you might realize that that second example that you gave that, okay, maybe, you know, this is serious. Maybe I do need to go um, seek some expert advice and take that route. But I think that asking those questions and asking the important questions can really break it down for you, whether it's, okay, this is manageable. I know what I'm doing and I've got it versus if there's something serious and I, I'm just taking the time to realize, okay, this has a bigger impact on me than I thought it did. Exactly. Exactly. You've nailed it. So I love, no, I love that really clear distinction. And I think it helps people to have this concrete step. What I love to do when people are listening to the podcast is at some point through it, I want to give people an action that, okay, here's something that we talked about today that you can really benefit from. And right now, you know, I feel like that really is one of the big ones from this, because as you know, I came into this, I'm interested in this idea of meditation, this idea of thought, this idea of processing. And I think it's important. And I think it's something that uh, jokingly people a lot of times say, oh, well, when I heard your podcast was called Taking a Breath, I thought it was going to be like a meditation podcast. You know what I mean? And so I think it's funny that, you know, here we are 12 episodes in or whatever this is, and I am actually, you know, doing a, an episode on meditation. But I think that good leaders are able to take care of themselves. I think across the board, if you are someone who's interested in developing yourself as a leader, you need to know how to take care of yourself. And so this conversation is one that Sid and I are having that is a way that you can take care of yourself. And a few episodes ago, I did one uh, talking about team building with Jacob, talking about surrounding yourself with good people and a little bit about exercise too and taking care of yourself in that way. But all of these things, leaders are able to take care of themselves so that they can take care of them, the people around them. And so Sid, I think this is a great way that we can kind of start that conversation about taking care of yourself because let's face it, my listeners are driven people. They're people who want to improve themselves. And so I think we, as people who are trying to promote a positive message, need to be talking about ways that you can be taking care of yourself. And so I think that giving concrete steps is like, 
all right, let's, you know, let's get started. What are some positive things that you've seen from this that you could then mention to people? You know, what are, what are the concrete results? You know, I say concrete results, but let's say someone who's stressed out a lot does start meditating. What, what type of benefits are they going to see from it? You generally get increased focus that that was it for me. So I'll try to give a little bit of backstory. So I started meditating in 2015 when my mom forced me to sit down and meditate with her. And I was like, this is not working for me. Like, this is just BS. I, I don't like this. And fast forward two years later, I'm at junior level. I'm in junior year of high school taking my AP exams for the first time. And that was probably the most stressful time that I've had to experience yet. I was all over the place. I was so stressed. I was like, how do I start studying for this, this class, this class, they're all coming up in a week. Ah, all the learnings that my mom had taught me over the last two years just came back. One of the big things was just live in the moment, focus on one thing at a time, right? Don't try to think about the future, the past or your worries, because you're, you're missing out on the present. You're missing out on your life. So enjoy your life, study for one thing at a time, focus on math, for example, before you move on to another subject. That sort of increases your focus because you realize that I just need to focus on this one thing, get this one thing done. So you make a list. So I, I started making a lot of lists for my AP exams. I was like, okay, AP Calc for an hour. Okay, cool. Then I move on to this topic and and uh, for example, in AP Environmental Science. So that's another example. So make so make a list. Make a list. It helps with your focus and it'll help you decrease your stress. That's really what's worked for me. For someone else, it might right. obviously be different. But sure. Uh, it's been proven through scientific literature that in a general consensus, it does, meditation does improve your focus for that reason, I assume. Another thing is you, you think less, you overthink less. So, you know, if you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes when you're seeing someone on the street and they're like, Hey, how are you? You're like, you don't even respond or something. And then you think about it later. You're like, I didn't respond to that person. I wonder what they think about me. Oh my gosh. I don't sound, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be a jerk in front of them. So you start thinking about that stuff. Meditation really helps you just calm your thoughts and be like, hey, it's a small thing. It's okay. The next time you see them, just say hi. It's okay. Don't make it into a pattern. So you realize that it's totally fine to mess up. That makes sense. You're not perfect. You know, you have all these thoughts in your mind that you're trying to go go through on a daily basis. And you realize there's so much clutter in here that you realize you're not perfect and it's okay. It's fine. It's okay to to have make those mistakes and, and it's fine. I think as youth, we like we try to think of what other people think about us a lot. And in reality, it matters way less. It matters what we think about us. And then once you, once you figure out how to think, you can figure out how do you want to act in front of people. So that's another thing that I figured out for me. Those are the top three things that I would, I would highlight. I appreciate that perspective of people aren't going to be thinking as much about you as you think they are. You know, I have a, a coworker of mine at my internship, Rick Mass, and he always encourages me whenever something goes wrong in an event or something like that. And I'm getting down on myself. He always says that we are our own worst critic, you know, and I think that's really true is that, you know, you might spend an hour thinking about, oh my gosh, like this went so terribly. It might ruin the whole rest of your day because you're thinking about it. And that person who, you know, you messed up there or whatever for 10 seconds, they've already moved on and they're productive and they're doing their thing. They're not even thinking about you at all anymore. And so I think that that's really true is you have to put that in perspective of, okay, is this as big of a deal as I'm, as I'm making it out to be? Because of a, a lot of times we are going to make a big deal out of it ourselves and it's a big deal for nothing. I think an example I can give is 
sometimes when I'm studying, my thoughts start, my thoughts start drifting to, you know, how did I act in front of that person? Or what about that test that's coming up? And then I stop focusing on my studying. Really what meditation helps me is that, hey, I need to get back to my studying. I can focus on the, all these thoughts when I'm meditating. It gives that sort of time during your day where you're like, okay, this is the time where I can focus on what's happened throughout my day and try yeah. to process and learn from it. And then once you learn from it, you want to forget it. So you've learned from your mistake. It's okay. Move on. Don't, don't dwell on the past because that'll just burden you. It keeps mm. burdening you. The mistakes you've made because everyone makes mistakes. It's natural. The point is to learn and then just move on. So uh, I try to just put that side aside. And I'm like, all right, trying to get back to studying. I always emphasize learning as something that is huge to me that I think mistakes are definitely, you have to, you have to really love. Like failure is something that is going to grow you, but if you're always concentrated on it, then you can't grow from it. And so I think that it, it really is about taking the failure, taking the growth from it and then moving on because you spend all this time dwelling on it and you're no longer benefiting from it. It's just holding you back from moving forward. And so I definitely think that's, that's a big part of it. It sounds like you've been doing this for, you know, what is it now? Six, eight years, something like that. <laughs> what is the role of consistency in, you know, in this thing? You, you've been doing it for years. How is consistency improving it over time? The first concrete thing is you can do it for longer. So there's more thoughts you can process in a given time because you can okay. stay awake. Uh, I remember when I started, it was 10 minutes. Now it's I can go comfortably for up to two hours at a given sitting. Dang. So you're able to process more things. It gets pretty crazy when you get up to two hours. So I don't <laughs> want to get too like in the head in the clouds type thing. So I'm going to try to be more concrete. The, one of the biggest things that I got when I started getting up to that level was I just learned so much about yourself, about how you, how you think, the tendencies you have. For example, like if I go past 9 p.m., I'm not going to work out anymore. I just realized that when I'm, okay. when I'm processing through my, through my day, when I'm meditating. So I realized that, Hey, I got to work out before 9 PM. So those, it's those small things you learn about yourself that you need to get, you need to do uh, stuff like that before 9 PM. For example, when you learn those small things, you can better plan out your day. You can be more productive in a shorter amount of time. You can start focusing on, on things you really care about because you have more time. Before I took meditation seriously, I, I think at one point I used to think about stuff for like an hour or two a day. I was just like daydreaming. I was like, I'm wasting time over here. When you sort of cut that out and, and overthink less, you really open up so many, so much more time for yourself and so, so much more that, that you can be doing that makes you happy. Yeah. And I think that uh, always what I'm encouraging people who are ready to take those next steps is being purposeful with your time. Everybody's got that same 24 hours in their day. It's just about how you use it. And so, yeah, if you're a type of person who's constantly thinking and worrying about different things, and I've gotten to be a little bit this way, I'll be honest with you, with my hands and all these different things between the internship and I just started this summer class and I've got the podcast and I've got, you know, so all just a bunch of different things going on. And that's been something that really t has been something that I think I can benefit from because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm worried like, all right, is everything going good over here? Is everything good over here? And so I think for a lot of people, if you have different things going on, taking some time to really be introspective and planning out and thinking about what types of things you need to be doing, it helps to really center yourself. What would you say to someone who almost, I want to say it as almost is 
nervous to spend time alone thinking about themselves? I would just say throw yourself in the deep end. You have to try it. It's not something that you can ease your way into. You have to just try it. It's a very weird feeling to start off. Maybe you'll like it and maybe you don't. Hopefully you stay consistent with it. I yeah. do want to mention one thing to what you said previously, which yeah, is, sure. you know, when you're juggling so many things, how do you really plan out your time? And that comes into a little bit of prioritizing. So yeah. when it comes to consistency, the definition that I try to give is doing what is important to you regularly. Good. One misconception I had until, excuse me, one misconception, I can't say that word, I had until last year was I have to be consistent daily. Okay. It doesn't have to be daily. It just has to be regularly. You prioritize a little bit. So, you know, for example, for you, you can be like, okay, I have to do my internship daily because that's part of my job. I can maybe do the podcast twice a week or maybe once a week. And then I'll try to plan for the podcast maybe in the afternoon. You don't have to give like a specific block because stuff always doesn't go according to plan. So it's okay not to give that four to 5 p.m. block. But you can be like, I'm going to plan sometime during this afternoon. And it's okay if it doesn't happen in the afternoon. You can be like, I'm pushing it to evening because I have this. Hopefully you have space freed up. If you don't have space freed up, then this next day. So um, yeah. keep moving stuff around, be adaptable, be adaptable, but also have that goal setting in the back of your mind when you're planning your day. It definitely is. Goals are so important to growth. I always tell people, if you don't have something that you're thinking about in terms of goal setting, then it, it really is hard to see growth. I remember starting the podcast, I had no goals for it because I mentioned to you, it was just supposed to be a way for me to put out conversations that I was having with people that I was talking to basically. And I didn't have any goal with it. I, I just wanted to record a conversation and share it. But then as I'm starting to do it and I'm getting more into it, I'm realizing I believe that these conversations are going to help people grow and we're going to see people grow into better leaders, better mentors, and better friends as a result of the podcast. And once I realized that, and once I was mission driven of seeing people grow, um, then it helped to put goal setting behind it. And you have to figure out listeners, you have to figure out what is your mission? What do you want to do? Whether it's a venture you're starting, a, you know, something new that you're doing, or just your whole life. They, that sounds uh, macro to say, but it's about what is your goal. Maybe for you, your goal is constantly growing yourself and those around you. And it's as simple as that. And you start setting goals to hit those ideas of how do I grow myself? How do I grow those around me? And that's what I've, that's what I've done and tried to do with the podcast is I want to learn and I want to grow. And then I want to see people around me do the same. And if it's something that you're passionate about and you're driven, then it's easy to set those goals and you start hitting those goals and achieving those goals. And it's that adrenaline and that dopamine of, I want to keep doing it. You know, you mentioned that idea of being in the gym. Yeah. If you're in the gym and you're hitting your goals, then you're going to want to keep achieving those goals. And so I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is something that I think is something you have to focus on if you're interested in moving yourself to the next level. My last question that I kind of want to talk about that I want to hit on is talking about just a key takeaway, something that you've learned over the course of the last couple of years, whether it's yoga related, leadership related. I just want to talk for a minute about maybe something that you've taken away from this experience. You've already said this, but you have to focus on yourself first. That's what I've learned. It's only when you begin to take care of yourself that you can begin to impact those around you. Uh, I'll give you a few concrete things. A few things that I started doing was learning the art of communication, 
and setting smart goals as well as exercising. All those things help improve my physical and mental well-being. Once you are good, well, not I wouldn't say good. I would say once you're at a level where you're happy with yourself, it, it just shows to everyone else. You sound very genuine and you sound happy and that really rubs off and it's very infectious. That's what I would say. Just be yourself and, and, and focus on yourself. That's so good and so important. And I struggle with, you know, I struggle with trying to help so many people because I always want to give, give, give. And really, at the end of the day, to me, it's always kind of sounded selfish to, you know, put yourself first and take care of yourself. But the way that we're talking about it and the way that we mean it is never you're greedy or you're selfish, anything like that. This is a completely pure form of taking care of yourself, your body, your goals, and making sure that you are good before you're putting out to others because at the end of the day it isn't selfish if you are interested in taking care of yourself specifically so that you can do the best job of taking care of the people around you and that's how i always frame it to people because i have had a couple of resident advisors ras from nc state on the podcast and they've talked about that idea too of taking care of yourself before you can take care of others and to me i never want people listeners to think oh, well, that's kind of selfish. It's like, no, you really need to take care of yourself so that you can do the best job of taking care of others. And I think that's exactly what you're hitting on. And I think this idea of meditation is a great way to take steps toward taking care of yourself and being able to be that best version of yourself. I really appreciate just overall all of the ideas, everything that you've brought to the, to the conversation today. As I mentioned, you know, before we, before we started the recording, today was all about, for me, realizing this could be a great way for me to get started trying to improve myself and take care of myself. And I really think that listeners as well are going to benefit a lot from the conversation because realistically, it's something that we can all benefit from being able to relax focus and take a breath and evaluate the different things that we're on. So to all the people who have mentioned, you know, I thought this was going to be a meditation and relaxation podcast. Well, today it was, and I certainly hope you enjoyed the conversation. I know I learned a lot from it and have learned a lot from you in the past. And so excited to continue that. Yeah, Parker, I definitely learned a lot from you too. And maybe we can have a, a flipped conversation where I'm, I'm the one interviewing you one day. But, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for having me once again. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, guys, thanks so much for watching and listening every week. If you aren't already, make sure to follow Taking a Breath podcast on Instagram for more great highlights. And if you haven't, check out some of our past episodes. We've got a whole bunch of great uh, interviews that are all on anywhere you're listening to podcasts. And so we are so glad that you checked out today's episode and hope to see you again next week. You've been listening to the Taking a Breath podcast with Parker Mazed.